There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. These guys are the same champions that they've always been. There's a reason why they've won so many championships and they've been in the final four. And uh, I'm sure they're going to come in here and they're going to bring a whole bunch of fans and there's going to be a whole two types of orange in the dome. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up, what's up? Welcome into the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up from the Sky Cam? How you doing? If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, thank you for listening. A reminder, you can find every episode weekly on our brand new Orange Zone YouTube page. New episodes released every Wednesday. We invite you to like, comment, and subscribe. We are nearing in on 100 subscribers. Now, we helped CMI Central get past 14,000, but we're doing our own thing. We want it to be strictly SU content, so thank you for everyone that's hopped on on board and be sure to follow us on our all new Instagram and TikTok page for more OZ content. I'm Tommy Sladak. We have Samantha Cross and we have James Mungro and we have Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. Getting to what we're doing today. We will have the numbers, we have the data, and we have an in-depth preview for this Syracuse Clemson game. We will also weave in our biggest takeaways from SU's win over Army. We have a two for on guest today. Not Ooh. one, two. Two awesome interviews. I chatted with Clemson's play-by-play broadcaster, Don Munson, the voice of the Tigers. He's been around this program for decades. I could have talked to him for truly hours. And Ashley Winskoski has a sit-down with Amanda Poole, a sports reporter from Watch News in the Midlands of South Carolina, who had a lot to say about what she's seen from this 2023 Tiger team. And, of course, later in the show, a game predictions and producer Brendan's weekly trivia as he tries to stump the crew and the listeners. Syracuse football, 4-0, first time they've done that non-conference since they joined a conference in 1991. So a little bit of a first for everything this week. How are you two feeling? I am feeling pretty electric. I mean, 4-0, we're going to talk more about this, of course, but I feel like 4-0 is exactly where everybody thought that this Syracuse team should be, and I'm feeling excited. The last time that Syracuse won against Clemson, it was at the Dome. We are back at the Dome now. I'm excited to see how this goes. I would have to say the same. I think uh, this game we've been waiting for, now it's here. It's the week of uh, Clemson, homecoming uh, as well, inside the Dome. Uh, it's going to be electrifying. Uh, the dome is going to be rocking. It should be sold out. Uh, I think that's going to give us the big advantage in this game. I mean, the last two seasons, right, this game has been decided by a touchdown or less. 2021, that was a low score, man. No, Neither team even hit 20 points. Last year, Syracuse hits 20-plus points before halftime ends up yeah. – you know, we know how those things went. It was just injury galore, and then Clemson, credit to them. 
uh, a story that we're going to be getting to is Kate Klubnik ended up coming in, really making his debut for those Clemson fans in place of DJ Uwe Ungalale, who is now at Oregon State. Also, I just nailed that on a first try. Didn't even have to see DJ. <laughs> yeah, props to me. You know, everyone everyone develops over twelve months, and that was one of my big things I've been working on. So that I feels remember pretty last good. year when we were talking about him, you were like, "I practice this. I'm ready for it." And then, couldn't you do know, it. couldn't get it out. You know what the bed with that one. So it feels good. You know, that's that's season two with the Orange Zone. We're just back. We're ready for more. Now, Syracuse football again coming in at 4-0. They took down Army 29-16. to They're coming in against Clemson, a seven-point underdog. Clemson, probably the best 2-2 two two team in the country. But first, let's, let's get into a little bit of Army. 29-16, the score does not tell the full story. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that because uh... – the first half was very methodical. It was, it was so slow. It was just – and we knew what Army was going to do. Mm-hmm. Get the ball and just grind it out, uh, control the clock, uh, and try to win at the very end. And, um, you know, the first half they were pretty successful of uh, accomplishing their goals. Um, but then after that, the second half, Syracuse came came to light and uh, put in overdrive and scored on four, four uh, consecutive uh, possessions. So that's a credit to Syracuse. But, uh, again, you have to start out fast. Um we had a couple couple things, uh, one turnover. We had some takeaways, uh, so we won in that battle. Um, time possession, we did not win that time that battle, but we didn't think we were going to win that because that's what Army does, hold the ball and just run it down and slow play everything. But um, this week is going to be very exciting. It's going to be very exciting to see two powerhouse teams go at it uh, and, and, and see a lot more athletic ability out there on the field for both teams. I mean, no doubt. And for me, in week four, I think it's important to highlight the why. Why did Syracuse win that game? And I truly believe the reason is because they showed in that game they're willing to make in-game adjustments. They were a completely different team in the second half. And Dino Babers had said in his press conference after the game, we changed one thing defensively, one thing, and the entire game was different after that. I truly believe this just from time playing, time watching football, and whatever else. I don't always think that the best teams are the ones with the most talent. I think they're the ones that are willing to make adjustments on the fly. I would have to agree. I mean, you have to make adjustments. That's, that's you know, the coaching staff, that's, that's what they're getting paid for, make adjustments. Uh, and the players they have, they have to listen and make those adjustments on the fly. And they bought in. Yes, they, they absolutely right. And, again, you said it was one adjustment, right? And it made all the difference in that. The thing that was so interesting about that first half, right, was because – you know, Syracuse's offense had a hard time finding the rhythm, but they weren't even given a chance to find the rhythm. It was Army holding on to the ball for 80% of the time. So for them to come out there in that third quarter and start to force those three and outs immediately, given Syracuse, scared Schrader, the offense time to find their groove, it was over from there. And again, it was 29-10 late in the fourth quarter. You had second, even third string guys in when they had that yeah. goofy touchdown. But ultimately... It's what ended up winning Army against a 13-and-a-half-point spread. So yeah. Sam is the only one still undefeated against the spread. James and I went down on that one. You and I, admittedly, we thought this was going to be a game reach in the 40s. I think yes. it was a game that could have been that, but it was the the pace of the, the pace game. The pace of the game it was not, it it not, not going to get there. Yes, it, it wouldn't match up at all. Exactly right. It would have to be some interceptions, but even with that, it would be more on a turnover, you know, right. a fumble or something like that, and more interception, but a turnover. But, uh, you know, give credit, uh, give uh, Syracuse credit. Um, like you said, they made the adjustments and they came out and they continued to play. Um, you know, they were losing the first half and everybody still came together, stuck together as a team, believe what coach is saying. 
um, buying in what, what they've been practicing and, you know, like, so what was that adjustment they made, Sam? Do you know? They wouldn't really fully go into detail. I, I remember listening to the press conference and them not really saying a whole lot. Didn't fully say it. They more so put it, Dino more so put it as communication. I think there was something there that if we really watched back to the second half, if it was just a, a placement of a defensive tackle, I don't know. So was I, and I wish that he would have said more about that. But regardless, to me, there's there's two parts to make that work at halftime. The coaches have to have that kind of backup yes. plan, and the players have to listen, and both of those things happened. It did. Absolutely right. It, it really did. And, uh, you know, uh, Schrader did a great job of throwing a ball, I thought. Uh, 21 for 26, man. That's, that's pretty 21 good. 21 for 26. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. He adjusted really well, and, and I thought ultimately he said after the game – because I asked about Damian Alford, who was the guy. Yes. He was the guy. He nine catches over a hundred over a hundred receiving yards. He goes with our offense. We should be having a player every week with over one hundred. LaQuinn Allen got over a hundred rushing. They're like, Allen could do it hundred rushing, hundred receiving. That's the type of player he is. And I think we're almost waiting to see him explode in, in that realm of the receiving. But if SU can get a receiver with one hundred plus receiving yards every week, they're in pretty good shape. And this is just a side note. But Damian Alford, I knew this from seeing him at the at the players' um, interviews weekly. But he is so long. I mean, on some of these catches, he yes. got up. You know, he's a massive guy. He's, he's a, a monster, dude. and you wouldn't think so because he has sort of a thin frame. But he's at, like he's actually massive. Oh, he's huge. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a brick house, as they say, <laughs> a giant he's refrigerator. Awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> now we're not the only podcast in the ACC right now talking about a four and O team. That's really interesting to me because when you really take a step back and look at this, this stuck out to me. We're going to get right into Clemson here and really dive into who this Tiger team is. But out of 21 programs that are still undefeated in the Power Five, right? This, sorry, this is coming straight from notes from my phone. This is something that really stuck out to me. 27 overall in FBS, 21 Power Five, six are from the ACC, five from the Pac-12, but six from the ACC. Two conferences that coming into this season, there was a lot of chatter, a lot of chirping about where their status is in the Power Five. And from this ACC, from the Atlantic Coast Conference, you have Florida State, you have North Carolina, you have Duke, you have Miami, you have Louisville, and you have Syracuse. What does that number six mean to you both? I mean, I think it just shows that the ACC conference and all of the teams that are in it are a bunch of dogs. Like I feel like dog Dino, alert, dog alert, big <laughs> time dog out. alert. And, and Dino Babers was even saying that he's like, that's the reason why there are a lot of coaches here who end up moving to other big time conferences is because I do feel that he believes. And I definitely believe that the ACC is at times an underrated conference. Maybe they're not looked at the most, but I think the numbers show a lot here. And it, that's why this week five is so exciting to me It's because we are now going to have one of these teams or I guess Clemson is, is not one of the undefeated teams, but we're going to see what's going to happen with Syracuse. Can they stay undefeated, or is that number going to drop to five or even less? And, you know, they're focusing, uh, you know, like I said, this this is a big week up here at Syracuse. This we've been waiting for the whole year. Uh, we're finally here, homecoming, people's flying and driving in all around the country coming to see this game. Uh, Clemson's going to bring their fans, obviously, as well. Uh, you read my mind. I was just <laughs> thinking that they're going to bring their fans because they the atmosphere at the dome is, is unbelievable. When, you know this type of big game. Uh, you know last week against Army, it was you know half filled pretty much. Right. Uh, this week it'll be sold out. Um, it's we'll gonna be, see about that. 
It should be so, it'll be sold was, out. I will <clears> say this. There was a surprising amount of empty seats I saw on the charts on Monday. But as we know, Monday to Saturday is a lifetime when yes. it comes to buying tickets. But it was SU Athletics was putting out a flash sale where it was some $40 tickets. So there's some room to spare. Okay. Why that is... Does it have to do with the noon game? I don't know. I guess I expected it to be a little bit more aggressive coming in, and it also could just be that Clemson isn't ranked right now. But that's not to say they're not a very good team. I mean, it's really not to say. You know what? And you even said this before, and I've heard this phrase thrown around a lot, but I have to say I agree with this 100%. I feel like Clemson is the best 2-2 two and two team in the entire country, and how easily could that have been 4-0 and oh, or certainly 3-1? and one? They, they play really tough teams. I mean, mm-hmm. the two teams they lost to are, 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 right. <laughs> are very good teams, uh, and they almost won the game last week against Florida State. So, I mean, Clemson is in a, is, is in a great spot. I mean, with two losses, they're still – their season is still is at task, and uh, you know our season's theirs too as well. So something has to break on Saturday. Uh, either you know we get our first loss, or Clemson, you know, we have three losses. And uh, I'm going towards us uh, being a uh, five and zero when this is all said and done. Predict- Little hint: predictions coming up later in the show. But that, <laughs> it's this whole thing around Clemson's really fascinating. Just reading about the fan base, reading from what the fans are saying, what the reporters are saying. I even saw one article that said Clemson is in this form of purgatory right now because these late game moments that they have been so successful in for so many years that has made them the juggernaut program that they are is not going their way this year and that is very uncharted territory for this fan base from the last 10 years it's just not something that they're experiencing is these heartbreaking losses coming down to a few plays i'm gonna bring in brendan hodges i'm gonna bring in one of our numbers guys brendan what is this two and two team stick like what is it about this team that do you think has landed them here and do you think they're just a few plays away from easily being you know back in the top 10 should they be have been 4-0 in this situation which they are not I won't say top 10 I'd say that they outplayed Duke and Florida State for the majority of those two games if you take away red zone turnovers mm-hmm. of which I believe Clemson the Duke had game two yeah. against Duke um, they, they only lost that turnover battle by one. They turned Duke over. They were keeping them at bay, and then it just got away from them at the end. And Florida State, it just came down to, again, like they, they dominated yardage, first downs, time of possession. They only had one turnover, and Florida State didn't turn the ball over to their credit. But they were within a 30-yard field goal of taking the lead with five minutes left in that game and potentially upsetting Florida State. Th- this isn't like – this isn't the great Clemson teams of, I say old, of like the past, what, probably 10 years, I'd say, is how long this Clemson dynasty, if you'd like to put it, has lasted. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those great teams, but it's still one of the top three teams, arguably, in the ACC. It's just they ran into problems at Duke, and they ran into problems against a Florida State team that is to par with them, at least in this year, 2023. And I, I, could, I can honestly see them throwing everything at us. I mean, everything out because they don't want to, you know, have three losses uh, on their schedule. And I, I would imagine every little trick play, whatever they have going, oh, they're, they're going to use everything they have to use. This is a team yeah. that I used three words in an article I put up today about just what to expect. They are mad, probably, about how things have gone, mm-hmm. determined to fix it, and desperate to fix it. Because if they don't, then their entire – Maybe not reputation, but just like everything they've put into this program over the last 10 years it, is at risk of being like uh, kind of not forgotten, but like pushed by the wayside. And like, this is a bad season. We need 
maybe not overarching changes, but a real hard look in the mirror as to how we do things. Right. You almost wonder what would have happened. Like, I, I feel like you're thinking the same thing. Like, you almost wish they won last week. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. now it's going to be a totally, a totally different feel. Listen, totally you're different. two and two. Yes. Everything is coming at Syracuse yes. now. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, Syracuse will be prepared. I mean, the coaches are having prepared, and the guys are prepared. I mean, the guys are I, – I can just kind of – I. You know, just thinking back, you know, big games like this, this is this is a great week. You know, mm-hmm. this is a great week. It's homecoming. I mean, we have great weather up here uh, in September in Syracuse, New York. Uh, I mean, it's just a totally football atmosphere. And it's it's end, end of September and it's like going into October, playing, you know, Clemson. Mm-hmm. And what else could you ask for? This is, you know, when you, when you go to college, you want to play big games. And this is a big game for the guys. And you take out 2019 and 2020, which are blowouts in Clemson's favor. Historically, it's just there's something in the water with this game, right? And a part of it was when they got the win five, six years ago. The last two years decided by a touchdown. I went back and really watched that game from last year and almost forgotten how that game finished with Syracuse marching down the field. Yeah. And it ended with Clemson coming up with a massive interception uh, on a throw attempt to Garrett Schrader. But they were moving. They were yeah. a few steps away from not just being 7-0, and but at that point they were 14 in the country. They would have slid into the top 10. It would have been Notre Dame the next week. You probably maybe would have had college game day in town. Little plays mean so much. Little moments mean so much in college sports, and we're seeing the perfect example of that being Syracuse and Clemson fan bases have experienced both. I mean, I've, when you talk about little moments, the first thing that comes to my mind is several of those game-changing penalties last year. Those are little moments that I feel like altered the course of the season. There's just so much history between these two teams, and I'm so amped to get into this preview. Talk about it a little more. But it's a history that Clemson has largely dominated. Yes. It's been one Syracuse win, but it doesn't feel like that, right? <laughs> you know, you're it doesn't, right. but you, you know something? I'm not big on history at all. <laughs> just not. James, I mean, James I, a forward I mean, thinker. I, he's Mister Right Now. No, listen. I, I mean, I do like. I love history. Love some history, but with yeah. football history, I throw it out the window. And the audience wonders why me and James don't get along. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I feel, he's a historian. I, I know. I do. I like history with different things, but with football, throw it out the window. Not, because you, you know what history he doesn't like Syracuse losing history. That's yeah, not no, history yes, that right. he's I mean, interested that's fair. in. But the, the point I'm saying is this: Syracuse has a different team from last year. Mm-hmm. Clemson has totally a different team from last year. Okay, so throw the history out. It's a new year, new guys on the team, uh, new coaches, new defense. Let's let's start. It's a new year. I All mean, right. So these I guys, that. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, whatever happened the past five years, who who cares? Preacher James. What Monroe. I care about is Saturday, twelve o'clock. They're ABC. gonna kick that ball off. We're gonna catch it. Or someone's gonna catch it or fumble it. <laughs> <laughs> but the game will be started at twelve o'clock, and we'll know who's gonna be a winner. Who, who won that game by 4.30, okay? And uh, hopefully uh, we do the necessary things correctly to get that W, and I think we're going to be able to do that as well. Fair enough. Let's forget the past, but let's get into this season. Is that cool? Let's do the last few weeks because there's some numbers and there's some teams or, excuse me, players that stand out. And one of the biggest stories right now is Cade Klubnik. Came in for Gigi Oyunglele the game last year, helping the Tigers come back to win that game over SU. DJU now with Oregon State. And here's just a few stats I want to run by you. Garrett Schrader, QBR. So total quarterback rating that's adjusted for the strength of opposing defenses. He's coming in right now at 16th in the country with an 82.3. 
Kate Klubnick, again, who's a sophomore, Garrett Schrader, we know, super senior. Klubnick is in at 90th with a 46.8. But you look at both Schrader and Klubnick, what do they have in common? A 66% completion rate. Schrader is a hair above that. But it does help tell the story of two quarterbacks, and I'll be getting into this with Don Munson in a little bit here, but Klubnik is a very different player than what Syracuse fans saw last year. Is he perfect right now? No. He had a third and one almost RPO decision where he went for a wide receiver screen pass instead of running the ball in overtime. That is going to hunt Tiger fans all this week. Yeah. I know that for certain, but he has grown. And the players that we spoke with earlier today, Marlo Wax, Elijah Clark, they all really respect that, uh, what they've seen from Klubnik. I mean, I believe it because you also have to remember the fact that Klubnik entered the game against Syracuse last year and led them to that come from behind win. So of course that's going to be fresh on it's their minds. Moment. Not to mention the fact that he is a sophomore is really astonishing to me. Yeah. He uh he has a great future, a bright future ahead of him. But you know, one thing when you talk about both quarterbacks for myself, the yardage are pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. With all the stats, with Clemson stats, rushing, um, you know, passing, rushing, um it's very similar to Syracuse stats. You know, the, all all the skill positions have very similar numbers. So it's going to be really, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But what I'm really excited about, I want to, you know, is defense lineman. Number ninety, the the, the walk on. Mm-hmm. I like him. He 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 he's a baller. He's a baller. He's a go getter. And I think uh, the defensive line is going to play a big part, uh, putting pressure on him on the quarterback. Uh, to get these turnovers we need that like we've been getting every single week. They're massive. And, and again, we I spoke with some linebackers in secondary, but they were very much giving them a lot of credit to what they were able to do against Army. And, again, you have Darton up there. You have Tyler Lockett, who goes by T-Lock. You have, of course, Caleb Okuchuku that has been around this program. But it's been some of these other guys that have stepped in. Kevin Jobity. You also have Dennis Jaquez, who I've been wanting to say Yaquez for the longest time. Jay Quez, it sounds great. I love it. So they are. They're going to play a massive role. Switch the page to Clemson's defensive line. They had a few guys go to the NFL, and it's the young players that are really stepping up. Again, speaking with the Clemson side of things, they really, really like TJ Parker, who's a true freshman. And it's a reminder, again, you also have, um, who else is on here? Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis. Peter Woods. Peter Woods. You have to remember that even though Clemson's 2-2, two and two, Nothing has changed in terms of them getting some of the best players in the country, right? It's still insane talent coming in. 100%. I was thinking the same thing when I was reading up on them. In my head, I think even though there are some guys who are on the younger side or a little bit newer, this is a team that pretty much has all of the pieces besides kicker. I feel like they do have a little bit of a special teams problem. And I just want to say one thing, just for any of our Clemson fans who are listening, sure. I do not think that it is fair to, to blame the loss last week on, on one kick. However, I think that that matters, and I think special teams matters. I'm going to bite my tongue on that because it's going to come into my game prediction. <laughs> but, Brendan, you want to give the viewers a little background on this kicking situation? Because, James, I don't know if you've heard about this yet. This is really fascinating because my man, the kicker right now, was about to be wearing a collar shirt like you and me are wearing in New York City in a week and a half starting a new job, and instead he's back on that football team. Yeah, he was a kicker that um, previously played for Clemson. Obviously, we know B.T. Potter was there for – he was like the Perry Ellis of Clemson football, just there forever. Uh, COVID played into that, obviously. 
Um, Jonathan Weitz was, I guess, a backup kicker on the team. Took the job in New York City, and then uh, their kicker, um, what's his name, Tommy? It's escaping me. Gunn the third. Robert Gunn the third. Robert Gunn the third was missing field goals. I think he won for four in the season. And Davo calls up Jonathan Weitz. He's like, hey, Johnny, what do you say you uh, come kick for us in this game uh, against Florida State? Come back for another year. Isn't that crazy? And it's important that he was doing his <laughs> online. Isn't that crazy? He was doing his online <laughs> masters from his hometown. Okay. And so he really wasn't around the team, but he decided to hang it up to football. And they bring him back once he learned that he and was still doing some so, sort of online class. So get, this job in New York is going to have to get delayed. Get to the game. <laughs> makes his first kick. Everybody's going crazy. They're like, oh, my God, Jonathan Weitz, we have a kicker. And that was his first field goal attempt at the game. Damn. Like absolute hero. Wow. Five minutes left in the game. I believe the game is tied at this point. 29-yard field goal. Jonathan Weitz trudges uh, onto the field. And I think that Tommy had pulled up a tweet when we were talking about this earlier today that there's one play Dabo Swinney regretted or was looking back on in this game. Third and one. And it yep. was, well, it was that, but also taking a shot on first and second down. Not taking a shot. Yeah. yeah. Not. Um, they didn't. And he said, he, looking back on that, it's something he regretted from that game. Whites misses the field goal, 29 yards. Game goes to OT. Obviously, we know how the game ends with. Florida State scoring, Clemson unable to answer, and Florida State escapes and remains undefeated in Death Valley. So, uh, feel bad for Jonathan Whites, but I would expect him to be the starting kicker because I, I use the um, rookie kicker analogy, James. I feel like every rookie kicker in the NFL misses their first field goal because you just haven't you haven't been in that moment. Yeah, no, you're, you're and right. then you make your next ten, and you're like, yeah, th this is easy. Well, just, you have Terry the whole time you were there, right? No, 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 no. We had and how we had uh, Mike Vanderjack. Oh, Mike Vanderjack. The, dr the drunken Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and then you – and then McAfee the, came in, Pawnee, just a few years after you, After right? me, yeah. 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 I, I don't know McAfee at all. I just know um, – You would have been cool with him. Yeah. I, I, I know you would have been. <laughs> he seems pretty interesting. Yeah. Good energy. And rare – I mean, like, rarely do you have, like, a punter of that type of play style. Too. Well, our kicker was like that. Mike Vanderjack was very outspoken. And he yeah. – uh, I would, would He wasn't love the quiet guy, right? No, he was not quiet at Didn't all. did he Him. make Peyton mad for some reason? That's what I just made that comment about the drunken, uh, the drunken Canadian. That's what Peyton <laughs> said. Uh, and they both got fined for that. There was an old hunter there, too, that I thought was like Hunter something. Hunter Smith. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. I may be mixing up the two then. All right. Should we get back on track? Yeah, let's get back on yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. We have those tangents. When you have when you have an NFL running back that sits right? at the table with you, sometimes you just it gets you get carried away, and that's okay. So Drunken thank you for that, Canadians James. aside, I, was, I still believe in Jonathan White, and I have to say that is a really tough position to be in. He did the best he could. I'm not Jonathan I'm not giving White's up yet. All right. Well, you know what we we hit a little bit on this Clemson team. We talked to two people that follow this team week in and week out and loved both of these interviews. And we're going to start right now with Don Munson. He's the voice of the Tigers. He's been in this role now his 10th year, but he's been around this program for a few decades. And I decided to go a little bit more with the bigger picture. This is uncharted territory for Clemson fans with this two and two team, why he thinks this team is two and two, the players that we should be looking out for. Here's Don Munson. Hey, everybody. We're joined right now by a very special guest. It's Don Munson. It's the voice of the Clemson Tigers. And Don, we're gearing up for, for a big game here in the 315 in Central New York. How are you feeling? And, and just what's your overall feel as you head into this game? What is Syracuse and Clemson to you, this matchup? Well, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Certainly appreciate you uh, having being on with you. 
you know, obviously we come rolling in. Syracuse is undefeated. They sit there at four and zero. There's not that many teams now in America that are sitting there four and zero or undefeated. So I think if you're a Syracuse fan, you're you're excited about that. Dino Babers has been here before. Uh, Syracuse has obviously knocked off Clemson before in that building. Clemson, for whatever reasons, has had some bugaboos uh, when they travel to uh, not far from the the banks of Lake Ontario. But, um, you know, I think that Clemson will come rolling in there. They're one of the, you know, there's just Clemson and Florida State, I think, that are both top 10 in offense and defense in the country. So, uh, but Clemson sits there two and two. So they found ways, unfortunately, to lose a couple of ball games uh, through some kind of strange circumstances. But we'll see if we can come right the ship coming off of obviously a heartbreaking loss to Florida State in overtime, 31-24. And to give our viewers and listeners a little bit of background, could you just tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Clemson football and what's kept you doing it for so long? Well, this is my 30th year of covering Clemson. So I showed up here in in 94 was my first year. And uh, the way I got here was that the Clemson folks heard me actually call a football game in 93 and called me and asked me if I would be interested in coming to work for their uh, for their network at that time, it wasn't as a play-by-play job. The legendary Jim Phillips uh, was here, and so uh, he was right in the middle of of his run. But I did come on board, and I hosted um, hosted pregame, halftime, and postgame for him. And so that's how I got my got my start with Clemson. That was in '94. Then I moved here full time in in '95 as the uh, network rights switched hands, and the guy that was running the network had also been part of the previous regime, and he called me in and asked me if I wanted to be part of it. And I came down here and uh, so was part of uh, operations manager for the network for a, for a period of time. And then also one of the on-air folks and then went to work actually for Clemson in 2010, went to work for coach Sweeney in 2010 as part of his staff as a sports staff. And when we had a change in athletic directors uh, in, I guess it was in 13, um, he came to me and asked me if I would be interested in in moving on to the director of broadcasting position here at Clemson. And I said, absolutely. And so I, my first year was in 14 calling uh, football games, although I've been calling baseball games and other things prior to that, but uh, it's been, been an awesome run for me, man. I've, I've only seen us lose at home three times, 60, 61 and three, I think at home uh, now. And so, and two of those, two of those home losses have been in our last four games at home. So um it's it's been an amazing run and obviously the national championships and all that. So been been very, very blessed. I mean, 61 and three, that's that's insane when you truly take a step back and look at it. And and you like you mentioned, Don, two of those were this have been this season, this two and two Clemson team that I like to think is the best 500 team in the country. But it's interesting reading everything coming out of of just the the media right now because it feels like it's a it's a different place for this fan base right now. They're seeing a team that they know can compete but isn't getting it done at the end of the game. What's your ultimate take on why this team is two and two? You know, I I think that's 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 a good question, and I don't know you know exactly. You know, sometimes things just even out. Sometimes you you're going to learn this as you get older. I'm yeah. 61 now, and so. I will tell you that some things just kind of balance out when Clemson was winning all those games and going to national championships, starting, you know, with that first national championship uh, game in 15, lose that game, but then get right back in 16, go to the semifinals in 17, play for the national championship and win it in 18, play for a national championship, lose to LSU in 19, 
you know, you, you start making those runs and, and things just have a tendency to bounce your way, to go your way. So here lately, the ball's been bouncing a little bit against him. And when Clemson has had turnovers, it hasn't just been turnovers. It's been like catastrophic turnovers. And we saw that obviously last week at, at Florida State, you know, Klubnik gets sacked, ball bounces loose. And the guy that caused the sack picks it up, takes it 56 the opposite way for what turned to be the uh, tying touchdown. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to shake your head a little bit. But the Clemson fan base is, is kind of like all of us. We're a little spoiled. I mean, we we are. You, you make a run like Clemson has been on where you've, where you've won 10 games for 12 years in a row. So only Alabama has a better stretch of that, by the way. They've won 15 in a row. And then tied for third is eight teams with just back-to-back 10-win seasons. So I'm talking about just winning 10 games. I'm not talking about, you know, extraordinary years as – 10 games used to be an extraordinary year. Now it's, all right, that's pretty good. But, I mean, we're talking 10 games each year for 12 consecutive seasons. So we've been in that run. Clemson trying to make a another run to make it to the 13. You get spoiled. I mean, you, you just do. And so some of the fan base, I think, is, is turning to a little bit of a younger fan base. And so some of that that latched on to Clemson when all this was going on, they haven't been through this. And so they light up social media sites and all that kind of stuff, and away you go. But but we'll be all right. Clemson will be just fine. Uh, they'll 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 figure out a way to get this turned around. There's too much talent, both on the coaching staff and also on that playing field, for it not to get turned around. And I know Syracuse plays plays a a part in the story for Cade Klubnik. And you look back at this game between Syracuse and Clemson last year. You know the Orange were feeling pretty good going up at halftime. Tigers end up turning that thing around and getting a, a big win there in Death Valley. How have you seen his growth as a quarterback? And do you, when we're showing this to the to the Syracuse fans, do you think they're looking at a different quarterback than the one they saw last year? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt that they're looking at a different quarterback. And you and we're watching a young man that's growing up right in front of our eyes. Now he's still a sophomore, all right. So there's still there's still a lot of pup that's in him. There's still a lot of, I mean, he's, he's going to do some, he's going to do some silly things from time to time, but you know, like a, you know, you go back and you look at your own quarterback Schrader, you know, you t- watch just the, what was he two years ago compared to what he is now? It just totally vastly different. And so that's part of what we're seeing is the maturation process of Klubnik and he's getting better and better. He's coming off undoubtedly the best game ever in his Clemson career against Florida state. He was magnificent. Uh, against Florida State you know it turned out that a back didn't pick up the blitzing corner who came a long way by the way uh, to get there and and knock the ball loose actually was a linebacker that came a long way and knocked it loose and then picked it up and and took it but so you know sometimes it's not always in the quarterback it's 11 men on the field 11 guys have a job to do do your job don't do somebody else's job just do your job and, and expect the guy beside you to do his and uh, so, but, but Klubnik, Klubnik is going to be, I think before it's all said and done, he's going to be a pretty special player. Klubnik, Will Shipley, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. And he's growing up an Eagles fan. Love seeing the success of uh, all these former <laughs> stars, their kids doing their big things. Who's a player that Syracuse fans right on paper, they, they see those big names. Who's the name that's sticking out to you right now. That's not amongst the the most popular faces right now. Well, I think it's probably a freshman defensive end, number 12, T.J. Parker. I mean, he has shown up just consistently, and that was from the Duke game on. Uh, and he's not starting for us. So you got Xavier Thomas, number three, starting at one defensive end, Justin Maskell, 
uh, the fifth year, maybe sixth year senior now uh, that is starting at the other defensive end. But this this young guy, T.J. Parker, 12, I'm just telling you, he, he will make an impact. He he knows, I mean, he's his motor is always running. Uh, he's going to get probably, you know, say Clemson has 70 to 80 snaps uh, that they have to defend in the game, then Parker's probably going to get around 25 to 30 of those snaps. So he's going to have plenty of time out there on the field to to, to show you what he's all about. But Parker would be a, a guy I think that you would just have to look for. And all of a sudden, if you're a Syracuse fan with all these other names, you go, where did that guy come from? And why do we have to face him for the next two or three years? Well, well, now they know, right? They won't be as caught off guard. That's the beauty <laughs> of this podcast. And Don, I wish I could talk to you for two hours, man. This has been great. I'll leave you with one more before we let you go. Clemson, I'm seeing right now around a touchdown favorite. Uh, last two seasons or last two matchups have been decided by a touchdown or less. Could you see that happening again on Saturday? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, matter of fact, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen that way. Uh, on Saturday, you know, this, this isn't, you know, the Taj Boyd, Sammy Watkins team that came in there and just, you know, rolled uh, over Syracuse all those years, years ago. It's not a Trevor Lawrence led team that rolled, you know, uh, there in with uh, in, in the dome. So it's not that kind of team. There's, there's not that explosive wide receiver that is on this ball club. There's really not that explosive running back that at just any time can take it the distance. ETN's not walking into the building. Uh, so Syracuse fans doesn't have to have to worry about that. Now we've got good running backs. Shipley and Moffa are, are certainly really good running backs and we've got pretty decent wide receivers, but we just don't have that, that really explosive guy. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be a little shocked if it, if it's not a one score kind of game that, that decides this thing on Saturday. Awesome. Well, Don Munson, voice of the Clemson Tigers play by play. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, any, any final thoughts, Don? You know, so often when I do this, I'm I'm talking Syracuse fans off the ledge. You know, hang in. You know, you're four and zero. You should show up. It should be sold out. You should come with a little hate in your veins for the other team in Orange. All right, don't you know? You don't have to show Southern hospitality. We're coming north, so you you should take care of it. But get out there, support your ball club, create the atmosphere that that we've known that we have seen before in that, that building, and expecting a good one for the 12 noon kickoff. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we appreciate Don making the time. Looking forward to hopefully seeing him at the Dome on Saturday and catching up in person. As for this Clemson team and the real details of 2023 and what we've seen through the first few weeks, we decided to go in-depth. Ashley Winskowski interviews Amanda Poole with Watch News, or excuse me, Watch Fox in the Midlands of South Carolina. I know my regions now, so we'll toss it out to Ashley. Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast, everyone. I'm Ashley Winskowski here with Amanda Poole of Watch Fox in Columbia, South Carolina. We're going to be talking Clemson-Syracuse football ahead of this weekend's matchup. So, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love talking football this time of the year. 
Nothing like it. So let's get into Clemson. Two and two record going into this game against Syracuse. What are some of your takeaways for the Tigers from the first four weeks of football? I'm going to sound like a broken record or I'll sound like Dabo Sweeney. It's <laughs> This team has shown so much potential, but it's these critical turnovers. I mean, turnovers have been the storyline of the season so far, especially after game one, Duke. I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong for this team. I feel like it's one of those like dad jokes where they're like, it's hot, but like it's so much hotter because of the humidity. It's like they're a good team, but they look awful because of these critical turnovers. And it's not just where they, they fumble the ball. It's, it's a scoop and score or a pick six where these are super costly turnovers that change the entire momentum of the game. You look at a game like Florida State just on Saturday where everything was going right for them. They had the entire game in control. And then Cade Klubnick, there's a missed blocker, fumbles the ball, scoop and score. And from there, they just couldn't couldn't get back. It came down to one play. So that's been the storyline this season, which has been just like gut wrenching for this Tiger team. But if they can clean those turnovers up, they're in this ball game easily. Right. So I want to talk about those two big losses, Duke and Florida State. I know Duke was something a lot of people weren't expecting. Clemson was favored in that game. Do you think the fan base like has kind of had the wind taken out of their sails like by those two games? Or how do you think people are feeling? I think confidence has definitely been shaky because of, I mean, Kate Klubnick is very young. Um, we've got a new offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley. There's a lot of, a, a lot of like what we thought was going to happen, the hype building up to this season. And then seeing that not play the way we thought it was going to, I think Clemson fans are kind of like, Hey, wait, we thought this was going to be an air raid style offense. We thought where there was going to be these huge passes. And obviously they thought they were going to be winning. Um, so I do think there's been a hit to some some confidence levels. But then again, like Clemson leads the ACC in defense. They lead in first down. They have these huge offensive games where they're, you know, beating other teams in every category, yet they don't come up with the win. So although we're not getting the wins, um, Clemson fans, you know, the loss means more than, okay, we're still doing good on offense. It's fine. But um, people want the results. Right. Now, Florida State, obviously one of the best teams in all of college football this season, let alone the ACC. So your takeaway, obviously, Clemson took them to overtime. Do you think you saw more positives in that game than negatives? I am a glass full type of gal, so I am going to take away the positives. Like I said before, they've been beating their teams um, in almost every category besides the turnover margin. And that's something that Coach Sweeney had prioritize and emphasize headed into this match it was like we're not going to beat this team if uh, we lose the turnover margin and that's exactly what happened so I think their coaching staff and that team has confidence that they can be anybody when they do win that turnover margin so biggest takeaways was they know it needs to be done it's just a matter of doing it right now you mentioned your quarterback Kate Klubnick you said he's very young what do you think has been not necessarily the problem for him, but do you feel like he's being limited and being asked to do too much? Or what do you feel like is not connecting there? I mean, the last game, the, the O-line has been a question mark throughout this season. And that's something that Dabo said. I don't know why people are questioning this. We have a solid O-line. But when you look at the O-line, there's only one senior there. So you have an inexperienced quarterback, and then you have – 
not the most experienced offensive line protecting him. So I think he is definitely rushed, but quarterbacks are supposed to be able to handle that pressure. And um, he hasn't been, he only was sacked once. And that was that scoop and score uh, last Saturday. So um, I think it's just a matter of, he needs just to get more, more games in more reps in. And so does that O-line. And as they get more experience, um, they'll be better. It's just that these first couple games haven't been the easiest. You've gone up against Duke, gone up against the number four team in the country, FSU. So they're being tested out of the gate very quickly. So that means that people are kind of like uh, judging them a lot more critically now. I think it's just experience, um, getting more comfortable. I mean, speaking with Kate after each game, he's very mature. Like when you talk to him, he's like, I know it needs to be be done. I'm proud of my guys. I do this, I do that. Like it sounds like he's been – doing this for such a long time and I think that's good in a quarterback but it's just got to build those reps up absolutely now this game obviously last year uh the Clemson Syracuse game was right down to the wire it was it was a good one so do you think that makes this game even more compelling this year and how do you think the Tigers with that two and two record how do you think they're viewing this game going into it I mean, a battle they talk about every week is a battle, no matter who you face, whether it's Charleston Southern or FAU or Syracuse, they talk about it being a battle, especially when you go to Syracuse. It's a very tough environment, as you know, uh, to play up there. So they're going to have their hands full, especially with your guys' quarterback. I mean, Schrader is insane. um, And that's going to be a challenge, but you do have a Clemson defense. That's one of the best in the nation. And they're playing like it, especially in that second half against FSU. I think they allowed one rushing yard in that second half and for the whole game only 22 rushing yards for Florida State and that's like incredible considering how explosive FSU's offense has been so the defense is ready to take on the orange I think it's just a matter of the offense can carry the team as well what are the keys to the game for Clemson in your opinion if they're going to win against Syracuse don't think you can stop Schrader but you can contain him and I think that's going to be big for Clemson And also, not only are they going to hopefully stop the turnovers, but force some more. The defense is so good, so why aren't they profiting from that? I mean, Nate Wiggins with his, you know, pick six in the first game, it's just you have to think that if the defense is that disruptive, they should be helping score a little bit. Um, So if they can get a turnover on defense, they can force one on defense, I think they're going to be good because defense sets the tone for this team. Um, so that'll be one of the big keys game, lower their turnovers and force more. <laughs> it's always a recipe for success. Yeah. Um, last couple of questions, Clemson wise, what is your floor and ceiling for the Tigers this season overall? It's a good question. Okay. The floor, I do feel like they're at their lowest. I feel like two and two, oh, and two in the ACC. This is their lowest. Hopefully for Dabba Sweeney and Clemson fans, they can only go up from here. Um, They do have a tough road ahead because of how competitive this conference is this season and and how competitive they're, they're getting. These are some insane quarterbacks in this league. And um, so, so hopefully this is their low for Tiger fans. And then from here, they can just keep moving up, lower those turnovers. Um, I mean, these games, Dabble Sweeney is calling the weirdest games of his coaching career that like everything going right. And then just one play or, or one turnover here. So it's just a matter of cleaning up those things and then from there, they're explosive. They can do great things, but they're they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. So the ceiling is as high as it can be if they don't turn the ball over. They just got to get out of their own way. <laughs> exactly. 
That's all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and great insight into Clemson. I'm sure Syracuse fans will really appreciate it. All right. Awesome interview with Amanda there uh, by Ashley Wenskowski. And, and again, the Clemson reporters, the Clemson fan base, they live and breathe the Tigers. This area lives and breathes the orange. It's orange on orange. So that's going to be fun Saturday is really, and Dino Babers talked about it. He's like, there's going to be a lot of orange. Hopefully it's a little bit more hours than, than theirs. Sam will be in the press box. James oh, normally would be going to this game. Yes, yes. But you're I, not. Unfortunately, um, well, unfortunately, I won't be at the game. I was going to say, what's Junior going to say about <laughs> But uh, I'll be going to my son's uh, soccer game at 12 o'clock. Shout out to West Jenny Wildcats, right. man. They have a good team. Yeah. They have a good team. And, uh, ironic part about the whole situation is my wife uh, went to Syracuse, uh, was in a sorority. Uh, she got probably like 15 of her girlfriends uh, flying in and all around the country coming into the game to finally see each other in the past 20 years they haven't seen each other so uh she'll be at the clemson game while i'll be having the clemson game on my phone and my earpiece in my ear and watching a great soccer game so, <laughs> so all time running backs can be at the soccer i'll game. be at a soccer game the sorority but, girls you know be at the game it's i mean that's the only time I'll, you know, miss a, miss a, miss a game, a Syracuse game is, you know, my, my, my son trumps it. <laughs> I like that, though. Da- down of the week. And <laughs> yeah. she'll be representing House Mungro. It all works out. And you know what? You have this program forever. You only got he's a got senior a few, right now, Yeah, he's right? senior. Only a few more games left. So I got to take everything I possibly could take in. Yeah, so you'll be doing, you'll be doing some soccer watching, but... I mean, as long as you have a, you know some 5G going I'll, I'll right have, there on the bleachers. I'll have the, I'll, I'll have the game in my air and my eyes on the game. <laughs> the soccer game. <laughs> it's at what? So, where, Auburn, right? Uh, th- yes. It, yes, you, it is in Auburn, yes. I was talking to you about this earlier, but have you decided, because this is an interesting situation, and, and leave a comment if you're thinking James should go one way or the other. The game's at noon for I soccer. I know where James is going. If it goes quickly, <laughs> you're looking at maybe like 130 finish, 145. The Auburn drive back home. I've been thinking about it, Tommy. Like half hour, or do you just do you get out of that game, get do we get in the car and you try to hit a bar right there in Auburn? Well, I got to pick myself from the game. Oh yeah, at the high school. At the high school. At the so, high school. So you're definitely. So I would say probably. Or going you can, back get, home or you can get a ride now. And I don't live that far. He could walk. He could. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, be like eight son, miles. good game. It, walk it, home. Yeah. Well, I guess you know something. Just to be honest, I guess it, it depends on the score. The way, uh, right. The way I'm gonna be. <laughs> so he may have to walk. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we're, we're, your ride depends on the score. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna find out and uh, put out a, two fan poll questions. That's gonna lead us right into our game predictions here. The first one which was one that we put out yesterday, another week, another poll. Which non-conference win taught you the most about the 2023 Syracuse football team? The win over Colgate, the win over Western Michigan, the win over Purdue, or the win over Army? Colgate and Western Michigan, 4% each. And tied up, Purdue and Army, 46% each. I love that. Which game for you guys? I would have to say say Purdue was harder Mm -hmm. just because it was an away game. Um a hostile environment, uh, and the guys came through and won together collectively. Uh, I mean, both games were different. One was away, and you know, in the Army game, it was more figuring out what Army's going to do, and it's going to take adjusting. a it's, yeah, adjusting and taking you know, it takes a series of two. Uh, unfortunately, it took a whole half, but we got it right, you know. In the second half, they got they corrected and uh, made the adjustments, and they did it, and you know, they won the game. So I, I'd say both games had. Totally different um, attitudes, but uh, altogether, I think Purdue showed the most out of Syracuse of being down and coming back and going through some obstacles and 
penalties and stuff like that. You know, what, all, what I was impressed about, I didn't talk about, was, you know, Army had one penalty. Mm-hmm. We had six penalties. Uh, so, you know, we have to cut that out with the penalties. Again, like we have to do something with the penalties. They're getting better. They didn't have 10 from the, the week before, but uh, hopefully this week we'll be down to, like, you know, single digits. Yeah, one thing about Army, really, really disciplined Very team. Dis- so their arm, they're their Army. They're in the, there's <laughs> there's a reason so, right? for that. Yeah. Um, so that, that's definitely something to learn, but I'm, I'll keep it short. I'm rocking with James on this one simply because, you know, I was shooting that game, sold-out game, electric crowd, rocking atmosphere. So to be able to overcome that, that, that showed me a lot about this team. I third it. I, I completely agree with you guys. Second question, which is going to tie right into our game predictions. Fan poll, the Syracuse-Clemson game will be decided by 63%. Oh, the options here. Sorry. <laughs> Six or less points, seven or more points. If you guys had to guess, what would you say our listeners voted in favor of? One was 63%, one was 37%. 63% are saying this game is going to be decided by seven points or less. Six points or less. Six. Six points or less. Both agree? I, I, I would agree on that one. Come on, less. rock with me on this. Okay, you guys nailed it. That's yeah. right. I, I, yeah, I, I spreads at seven, so I figured that would be a good place to put it. But that feels, that feels about on the money. That feels about on the money, especially the last two seasons have gone like, last two years have gone like that. So it's kind of like, why wouldn't this one? So I'll open it up to you guys. It's game predictions. <laughs> and again, right now, everyone's 4-0 and or 3-0. and uh, Sam was sick last week, but she's back. Yeah, sick of you. But Sam, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wipe a tear out of my eye. <laughs> Against the spread, though, James and I took an L there. Sam stays unbeaten. Who wants to go first in this one? I'm ready. Put, go me, for it. put me in, coach. Go for it. I say this every week. I'm going to say it again this week. Until I have a reason to bet against Syracuse, I'm betting for Syracuse. I'm betting on Syracuse. And this week, I am going to do I, – I really don't even know exactly this week a lot of the betting odds and the spread. And you know what? I, I decide I don't really need to know. Okay. Fair enough. I am going to base my prediction off of the 2017 win here. And as a tribute, that game, I'm sure everybody remembers – was a 27 to 24 upset. It's the last time they won. It happened in Syracuse. I think that history is going to repeat itself. 27-24 Syracuse. But I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't call it, I'll go second, but she just did the Travis Kelsey there, but I don't even know if you can call it Travis Kelsey. I, I know. Did, it, did people, anybody just see my bow and arrow celebration? I think a lot of people do the bow and arrow. I, I, I think, um, you know, going into this game, I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, I believe it's going to be within within a touchdown or so, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe uh, what you were saying about uh, what was the word you use? Uh, come not come back uh, underdog or Syracuse. I don't I don't consider Syracuse the underdog in this game. They're four or no. <laughs> no, I just said it's going to repeat history. But I I, I, I hear I hear you. Let, it, let I, it come. I mean, let it come. Yeah, I don't I don't. I'm not going in this game as we're underdog. I'm going in as we're 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 the dog to beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know, with saying that, I think the score is going to be very close. I think it's going to be. We get our prediction right. With yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be like 20, 28, 20. 28, 20. Syracuse winning it. Yeah. Sam is twenty seven, twenty four. Syracuse winning it. 
you know, I don't want to do the college game day clean sweep. I'm, I'm sorry. It's kind so, of a kiss let, of death. Let, let me, let me. You want to, you want to backtrack yeah, yeah, a bit? Yeah, yeah. All right. 28, 21. 28, 21. You can't push. Are you kidding me? Why not? Pushing's fine. Pushing's fine. You get your money oh, back. Oh, you know something to First of all, first of all, James also said that he didn't consider Syracuse an underdog going into this game last year. I should I should make Well, that looked that. Well, <laughs> and, and it looked pretty true good at first. At first. However, I mean, that's I mean, that's what I, I felt just, in my I heart. Just, I, just think, I just think he's scared to take one side or the other. He just gave you he just he has a 7-point dog winning by 7 points. I hear you, but it's just like yeah. Also, like, also, yeah, he, that would right. not, he would not well, push. For, he would not well, push. We're not getting involved listen, in all these fights. He would only push if Syracuse lost by seven. To my point. credit. That's a good point. To, I'm not a better. So to, I don't. Okay, to my credit, I don't even care about the spread. <laughs> I don't care about the spread. I don't care why. about the numbers. I care about one thing, and so, that's called a W. So, so I'm also like, I already wrote your score down in pens, so are you like choosing one so, or the other? Which one are you choosing? Get the uh, the racer and r- race it's and re- rewrite it. <laughs> rewrite it. <laughs> well, what are you going with? Twenty eight, twenty one. Okay. Lock it in. Lock it in. Tommy. Okay. So this one, this one to me, man, I've had a tough time with this one. I really have. But I go back to two things. One of them is pride. Beginning of the season, I predicted a nine and three year. I also predicted a five and zero start, so I'm holding on to that. And w. you did that boldly. I'm holding on to that. It was bold at the time. It ain't looking <laughs> as bold right now. So, okay, watch out. Okay. We'll see. I'm holding on to that W in this one. I think it stays a one possession game down to the final wire. I just I can't see these two teams playing each other any other way these past few years. The edge to me is going to come down to the kicking game. I believe both. I believe field goals are going to be taken by both teams. And while Syracuse and Clemson has both had a kicker that has missed an extra point, it's not this 100% lock-in. You have a future NFLer on your hands here. But Brady Denenberg has the edge over the situation you have in the Clemson guys right now. So I'm going with 21-20 Syracuse. Could I see that as being... Two Clemson touchdowns and two field goals? Maybe. I see that as being three Clemson touchdowns and a missed extra point? Maybe. But it's going to come down to a field goal to me, and I'm giving the edge to the team that has the edge with the kicker. I'm going with Syracuse. When you really break down these two teams right now, I think Garrett Schrader's humming even without Aronde Gadsden, even without Isaiah Jones. His receiving core, someone is going to step up. I like what the offensive line has done in the plug-and-play, the injuries they've recovered. Joe Moore seems to be back. We could be seeing him out there, but Bradford and some of these guys that have stepped in have, have shown me a lot. I don't think this Clemson team is bad at all. In fact, I think they're going to have some really big offensive moments that's going to test this defense. You look at their weapons. They're, it's a plenty. Will Shipley got the best of SU at the end of last season. Will Maffa, they've really been splitting the load, so you really have fresh legs coming in there down in and down out. But the edge in this one outside of the kicking game is going to be the Syracuse defense. They're going to help win this game. They're going to come up with a big turnover. And SU is moving to 5-0. and And this Clemson team, in a shocking way, is going to be 2-3. and And people are going to be saying, how is this team 2-3? and Because I think they are so talented. Well, they play tough teams. I mean, it's very easily. I mean, Duke beat them, Florida State, and now Syracuse. And Garrett Schrader's leadership, I think that's going to play a huge role, too. In the All Dome, right. I think the Dome as well is going to – is going to be ultimately the deciding factor 
I think playing inside the dome, a home game. Uh, crowd you have to remember, they were down in Death Valley last year. Yeah. Did pretty well against them. So I think that's going to get us over the edge. We shall see for UNC and Florida State because this is gauntlet of a schedule here. Brendan, you want to give us your little quick prediction before we get into your trivia and we wrap this thing up? I told you guys at the beginning of the season I could see Syracuse winning at least one of these next three games. Mm -hmm. I think this could be the one. Oh, man. Is that bad, guys? Is I, that, that bad that's, if Brendan's that's on That's actually bad juju. I have a <laughs> horrible only, feeling in my stomach right now. The only reason I say this is the one is because it's at home. The next two games are both So you were the James then. You like the, the home field the, advantage The home here. field advantage. Think about this. Jonathan. I'll throw out Jonathan White's again. First game back at Clemson, Death Valley, even as the home team, like your first game there, you have nerves. He's going to be in a dome. Mm -hmm. Noise doesn't escape a dome. That is true. So you know already that however many thousand Syracuse fans in that building are going to be not screaming, shrieking at him to miss every kick or miss hit every kick that he takes. And all the noise is bouncing off the walls. You have that train whistle thing that happens whenever a good thing happens for Syracuse. Like, it's deafening. And – I don't, he hasn't played in the the air, like the air conditioner's running too as well. There's an AC running. <laughs> a, a, AC's running. Wireless they're working mean, on. It's a, what Brendan brings up though is got this, everything it's, going. It's the same thing for this whole Clemson team. We saw the false starts that that crowd yeah. can draw when it comes to this de younger defensive line. A few veterans on Clemson, but a few young guys. You also have again a quarterback that is a true sophomore. Yeah. It, How is he going to do well against the noise? And the it was different because they, play they played him. They played home last year. They played home. So now he's going to be inside for the dome for the first time. That's going to be uh, the crowd could be good the crowd could I, I genuinely also, be a difference. I will maker. also throw this out there for you, Tommy. Yeah, I've been making jokes about this for the longest time. Syracuse is one and zero against Clemson at home against a quarterback that wears the number two. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's that is a Hodges and, and, stat and, 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 through and, and through. And you remember his name, right? Uh, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do this right now. You remember his name. I don't want to do this right now. Um, no, because it was a trivia question. I already forget it. And, and went I'm back. Be, and I'm we gonna, transferred to Mizzou. And I'm going to be really. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Kelly Bryant. There it is. There it is. Oh, still five seconds of embarrassment. I'm sure. As for today's on. trivia question, right, let's I do understand it. that James is not a football history loving man, despite the fact I he like is it. part of it. That but is true. Since joining the ACC, Syracuse has beaten three FBS programs more than any other in non-conference play. Name one of them. Okay. Whoa. So say that one more time. Since joining the ACC, Syracuse has beaten three FBS programs more than any other in non-conference play. Name one of the three. Non-conference play since 2013. Rumblings could be stacked up pretty, and they that they've beaten, right? Yes. Okay. It, so it's they, not the Notre most, Dame. The most wins against. I, I'm not counting bowl games because it's a crapshoot who you play at the end of the year. So okay. No bowl games. Solely regular season non-conference play. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, the f I the have first a few that come to mind. <laughs> What are you thinking? We've played them already. Western Michigan, I know we've played at least twice. We've also played Purdue at least twice. Liberty. Purdue. Purdue Liberty. Purdue, I don't know if it's gone more than two times. Me neither. Liberty's, Liberty's at at least two. Yes. Army's, I'm thinking, has to be at at least two. 
Can you think of them playing them in the last 10 years? Actually, no. We just went over this. The last time they played them was... I think... A, no, it's been a while. Like a long time ago. Like a long time <laughs> like, ago. Well, no, it was, it was I think, 90, 96. I did a whole story. It was I was showing McNabb running the ball. Yeah, not that was the last they, time it was home. So they could have been maybe at West Point, but I... Something tells me I doubt that. So let's slide so, army out so of there. So let me ask a question. Uh, is it a New York team? Do you give us a hint? I'm not telling you anything. Hold on. I feel like with Purdue, I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember reading that outside of the two times right, where they where they recently beat them they only played one other time and purdue blew them out but that would still mean that syracuse beat purdue more times than they didn't isn't that the question yes i think their record is two and one against purdue but this is since they've joined the acc so that's my question. I know it was a blowout, but and I think... And since they joined... No, the blowout was, was 50 yeah, it was years like, ago. It was, it was It was like 1962. Pete. I could... It wasn't 62. It was, it, was, it was 90s, I thought. <laughs> um, They're either so you think to, I think I, Yeah, I think Purdue. What? It's either 2-0 and or 2-1. and one, Give your like answer. That. You're going to do that? Yeah, Purdue. Answer? I'm locking it in. Uh, right. So, is, is she right? I don't know. Put your own answers in first. Well, we, want, we want to go with uh, yeah, Howard. Try the elimination one. I, I'm just. I'm really tapping in. I think. I think. I'm going Western Michigan. All right, you James. like Liberty, don't you're, you? You're the last man up. He's thinking. Central Michigan. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Liberty would be too easy. So, but that's also him in your head right now. Remember who you're dealing with. Right, right. When you think it's, it's too e easy, it's an evil man. He's thinking about you. Thinking about thinking about it. I'm saying Colgate. You're saying Colgate. Brandon. Hodge. Every team that was mentioned in that discussion is on the list of teams that SU has beaten in non-conference play since joining the ACC. Right. But. Let's start with James. <laughs> Why you guys start with me? Because Colgate's not right. I, I know that. <laughs> the, the number of times that SU has beaten these teams is three. They've beaten Colgate twice. See, you're close. Okay. I'm bad. Samantha. That means you're going to be right. Purdue also has only lost Syracuse twice since joining the ACC. James actually said one of the teams, Central Michigan. I <gasps> should have won with my gut film. I no should have won with it. I should have won with it. That was my You got it his was, way. I didn't get in his yes, way. She yes, did, you did. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. You did. You did. Because I was second guessing. You're you like, no. Don't that's, do that. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You I didn't say that. You, you We're going to have to reverse the clip. I, I <laughs> rewind this. Put that 10 second back button and look at my face and tell me I didn't have the most genuine eyes when James said Central Michigan yeah. where I said I got your back bro yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I, said I got your back <laughs> you second guess you second guess yourself you second guess yourself get his eyes off of me you second guess yourself you had liberty it was actually it was maybe me saying are you feeling liberty and then you said Central Michigan and you wiped back right away can, can I finish real quickly yeah, yes fine, go ahead fine. we'll allow it the second team Syracuse has beaten three times since joining the ACC. Connecticut. The third. Is there a third? And to add insult to injury, the third team is indeed the Western Michigan Broncos. Yeah! You need a new celebration, but come on. Wait, hold on. Let me 
really bad at this. Yeah, well, yeah, well I, I you, no, this is why you're bad at it. Don't Can I just say one last thing? He's grabbing the arrow from the front. The yeah, arrow's in the back. You grab it from Go the in the cliver, back. Bro. Yeah. Legolas action. Legolas. Look at him. He's grabbing the arrow like this. Get a new celebration. Anyway, James, give, anyway. Us, give us a bow and arrow towards Tommy since he ruined no, your no, chance I'll, to get I'm, right. No, I'm going to have Otto look at him. <laughs> I'm going to have Otto. I don't like Otto his eyes knows on what that. you've yeah. done. I do not like his eyes yeah. on that. Something about it is like that's there's something maybe a little bit sinister Just going on with this Otto. <laughs> he's been around. He's seen He's seen a lot. Nextel. He's branded by Nextel. Oh, I haven't seen a Nextel Is that phone. even legal right now? <laughs> I don't even think so. <laughs> Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I'm pumped for this game. You know, I know a lot of fans wish it wasn't noon. Yeah, And me. I get that. <laughs> James especially. And I respect that. But it is going to be on national TV. They are going to be in the spotlight. And I like to think that Clemson is a big enough draw where that energy is going to be high in the morning. It's not going to have a noon game feel. I don't. I think it's going to have a 3.30 game feel. Love that. Two things that we haven't mentioned yet that I think are important, one yep. for each team. Number one, Syracuse student section doing something awesome that they haven't ever yes. done before. They're going to do a little camp out, but instead of it being – it's going to be a little Babers – Babersburg. Babersburg. Is that yeah. the name we decided Bayheim, on? Bayheimburg was the last one. Okay. So also, shout out to the Orange Menace. You got to talk to him. Yes, got to yeah. talk to the Orange Menace. So really appreciate everything that they're doing. Their first camp out ever for football. So history being made by the students in that – that student-run organization, which I think is pretty electric. Secondly, we just didn't really talk about him, but I think he's going to make a difference in this game. Will Shipley, that's a dude I think is the biggest weapon that Clemson has. Just wanted to throw his name out there once. I see you, and you're a former laxer, and I think that's even cooler. Yeah, you see her bias. Yeah, I mean, where the hell did that call come from? <laughs> like, all of a sudden, there's this... I, 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 I watched a whole, a whole YouTube series on Will Shipley. I realized I didn't get to mention him. Okay. You don't. Yeah, you, look, yeah, you, you got to look at Otto now. Yeah, you got to look at it. You don't end in words. My end in words is this. Syracuse, we're on, we're on, we're, we're doing, we're need, uh, all tongue-tied because I'm all excited. Yeah. We're doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Let's keep up the hard work, be composed, play hard, and beat that ass. Right there. Right there. The Orange Zone Podcast, he just mic-dropped the headphones. <laughs> And James walking off the set. <laughs> so we will, we will we'll see, see you then. next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Billy Whitaker, Cars and Trucks. Peace. Leave a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. Peace.